Hey, welcome. I'm Mitch Reynolds. This is Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM News Talk 1410 AM 92.3 FM. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening in this hour brought to you by the by Habitat for Humanity. Habitat for Humanity supporting us this hour. You can join us on the air at the Better Hearing Center talk and text line 608-785-7914. I should say on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Again, 608-785-7914. Call in or text in either way. You get in on the conversation. 608-785-7914. I was talking to someone today that thought that I was uh, piling on a little bit too hard on lacrosse uh, public parking utility yesterday, so uh, I won't apologize, but duly noted. Uh, I will take that into consideration in the future. We were, uh, we were uh, well, I, you know what? I, I really wasn't, all I was doing was just discussing perhaps in an animated way, the um, failure of the system over the last couple of days and um, how that is uh, the lack of communication of those failures to the public. That's all I was doing. I wasn't really doing anything more than that. And uh, I, I did. I was told that that, that seemed may, that was a little, little harsh in so many words. <laughs> so, uh, not sorry. Not sorry about that. Other things. Many, many other things, uh, but not that. Not today, anyway. I mean, you know, give me another couple of days and it'll start to sink in. 608-785-7914, Again, also on Facebook or Twitter, you could send me an email, Mitch at 1410WIZM.com. I, uh, the, there's a story of a woman in, in, uh, in, I think it's on our website. You could, the woman in, in Toma, she's a 73-year-old and uh, stopped for her seventh OWI, I think, last night or the night before. And uh, she was driving through a parking lot in a fast food at a fast food restaurant, and she was drinking while she was driving. So she had a beer in the car. Not only not only was she drunk driving, but she was drinking and driving, which is frowned upon, or so I'm told. And um, I I just it's it's her seventh, right? But I mean, they go back, they go back a few years. I think back to the I want to say the 80s, maybe even. It's a long time. It's she goes. She's been going years between. You know, I think her last one was in 2002. And I was wondering, you know, because we, we've hammered down before on people who drink and drive repeatedly, right? But at a certain point, so if her last OWI, and I, I think I'm getting this right, was in 2002, at some point you get a reset, don't you? Like after 16 years, don't you just get a reset? He's like after, you know, after 10 years, all right, all right, all right. So, I mean, if, you, if, you've, if you've got your seventh OWI, but you've been doing it over the course of 30 some years, that's... That's not a bad average. It's not like the dude getting five in in seven years, right, or something along those lines. It's just it's it's every every six seven years another OWI, and and really again, it's been sixteen years. Does she? Do we give people? Do we give people like that a pass a little bit? Say you know, yeah, all right, I get it. It's been a long time. On the other hand, man, seven really? I don't, man, that's a lot. That's a lot. And then with that seventy three year old woman, if she really was driving drunk for a seventh time. You lock her up. That's felony material right there. You say, you know what, um, Margaret, whatever your name was. What was her name? Uh, something. It was like Margaret. I think it was like Margaret. Margaret, sorry. Into that cell of yours. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm not sure. I don't know if, I don't know if there's a, a good uh, a good 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 solution for that one. Right. She hasn't had a D, uh, whatever, OWI in, since 2002? I, I believe that's right. I, gotta, I think it's on our website, but I don't know. Yeah, I, and and she was. I don't know. I can't remember what her name was either. Not that it matters. I think, Doesn't yeah, really matter. I feel like you kind of get a reset. Yeah, there sixteen a bit. years, right? Yeah, that's a. I don't. You know, not like I'm being a big softie or anything. I just you're thinking. Eh, 
These guys, this is in this particular one. What's her name again? Uh, Peggy. Margaret. There we go. That's Peggy's something like Margaret, isn't it? People who are named Margaret often are called Peggy. Yeah, it's her nickname. It's her nickname. Yeah. So Peggy. And she has six prior convictions dating back to 1989. And her last one was in 2002. So I would say. So I, six in 13 years. No. Which is 89 to 02, right? Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. So like yeah, that year. was that was a string. She was on a tear there for a like while. Every other year, yeah, every other year she was getting over the hiatus that one time. Yeah, and then and then she went, and then she was just like, then she got her stuff together, and then at some point she had a Christmas party. She had, she had a Christmas. She she could not. She decided, you know what? I'm just going to drink this on the way home. Do we know? Oh, she was drinking. Do we know what she blew? Point one two. Point one two. So she was barely drunk. She's barely drunk. Yeah, probably a regular night for her. You think? If she went to a party, she'd be like, oh, yeah, she's reminiscing about... Well, think about it. It's, it's more like a day. value judgment. Rather than pouring out the beer that she wasn't going to finish, she just took it with her. I'll drink it later. She's conserving. So, I mean, the string from 1989 to 2002, one, one every couple of years, that's not good. Yeah, lock her up. Yeah. <laughs> or something. But after 16 years, do you, do you say, all right, this is number seven, or we go back and say, well, we'll go back to number one. Is this woman a dangerous felon out on the streets? How significant is in eyes of the law, anyway, it doesn't matter, right? Like that, it resets after seven. So, in in that regard, it's just right. she's. It's kind of like her first one again, right? Is that isn't that how it works after seven years? I don't know. I think that's how. Maybe that's insurance. Yeah. I have no idea. I just don't know. I I can't imagine if if you go because she must have gone through. You know, I can't imagine the thousands of dollars of legal fees and all the rest of the trouble that she went through for. Let's see. So that would have been in her fifties, I guess. Because she's 73, so 20 years ago. So from 30 to so for 10 years, 10, 15 years, so in 50s and 60s, early 60s, something like that. She was, is that right? Am I right? No, it would have been her 40s and 50s. She was knocking down an OWI every couple of years. That's some significant legal fees. I just can't imagine why you think that was a, why that, that makes sense to you then. It might not. It might not have been legal fees. She might have just. Taken what was, you know, what yeah. took the fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, whatever. It's still lots of money, no matter what. Oh, legal fees in that regard, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of tons of cash involved. No, she can't, I don't know. Wait, what was the fine in 1992 for 19. DUI in Wisconsin, I'm assuming? I don't know. $14? It's a lot of money, probably. You think so? I think it's always, probably always been a little bit of money. Right. We need to check the states around here to see if she's got some. Yeah, well, she might have just moved to Iowa for the <laughs> yeah, she, 16 years. Right, she was actually in Iowa and then she came back. She was getting DUIs in Iowa for that, the last that decade. That could be. You know, these people, dr- drunk drivers, especially in this one, and what Rick said is probably true. It's probably just a normal life for her. These people are dangerous and deadly and they kill people on a regular basis, right? This is what that's, these people are out there. And she probably has. She probably just hasn't been caught the last six. I was going to say she's savvy now. She oh, yeah. doesn't. She knows how to get around this. The yeah, just I, pulled over. I, I look at the story and I'm thinking she's 73 years old. It's been 16 years. I mean, she doesn't get a pass on this for sure. She just moved closer to the bar. Bam. I I just one time. the thing that I don't get, and I don't. You know, I don't think this. You know, this is this is. I don't believe she should get a pass, but. Or or get a reset or anything like that. It's just that it's it does compel the conversation. The other part is, it, this woman's never. It doesn't matter if you lock. You know, if you well, let me put it this way: if you don't lock up the seventy three year old woman for 
for this drunk driving offense, she's just going to keep doing it. She doesn't, it's not going to depend on whether she's driving a licensed car or whether she's got a license or insurance or anything like that. She just keeps driving. She's not, it's, this is not going to impact her life measurably other than she's going to have to pay more fines. And, and if she doesn't, if she doesn't go to jail and I kind of think she will, at least for a little bit. What if you just had like a, I think we talked about this before, like a shock collar. She's retired, right? So she should, I don't she know. could be I, on I don't know her. I don't know her personal. Uh, she's uh, she's from Warren's. Like, uh, are there any good bars in Warren's? 73 seems like retired. Are we going to do this with Warren's now? <laughs> what are the bars <laughs> the in Warren's? Cuisine? What are the bars in Warren's? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Let's assume she's retired. So she doesn't have to have like work. I don't know. I'm not going to assume she's retired. No, not in this day. I'm age. thinking that she's. We should find. We should find Peggy. Find out what she does. But yeah, okay. So she, you put her on house arrest. Yeah. And if the collar leaves the front door, leaves the yard, yeah, she gets shocked. Wow. And just like that's brutal. Well, we do with the dogs, and we love dogs more than people. So at the end of the day, I mean, and, and there's been constant reforms to drunk driving laws in Wisconsin now for the last. Four or five years anyway, and we're now to the point where a fourth OWI is a felony in the state. And so, and I think it has to happen within a certain number of years, the last one and all that kind of stuff. So with that in mind, and and uh, the new governor, uh, Tony Evers, uh, Governor-elect Tony Evers, has just now announced his criminal justice council that's going to look at sentencing and all that kind of stuff because he wants to clear out the prisons. He wants to decrease the prison population in the state of Wisconsin by half. And I imagine that this conversation, these types of conversations about multiple OWIs is going to be part of it. Because everything's got to be, if you are really interested in cutting the prison population by half, I would imagine that felony OWIs are going to be a part of that conversation. So in relation to that, the rest of the state and all of the impacts from uh, drunk drivers and the impacts on society, and for those of you who have ever had a loved one injured or killed in a drunk driving accident, you know what I'm talking about. Huge impacts massive impacts. This is the type of thing that's going to be a part of that conversation. Should it be a part of the conversation? If we're looking at clearing out the prison population by half in the state of Wisconsin, which is what the new governor wants to do, where do we do it? With 73-year-old Peggy, who just picked up her seventh OWI after 16 years uh, sixteen years from the time she got her last one? Or we find something else? 608-785-7914. Should they get, should you get a reset after 10 years and uh, and then go back to your first OWI? Uh, let's be, let me, before, let me, let me take a call before we go to break here. Let's go to Joe. Let's just talk to Joe first. Joe, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on. Hey, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that these people are dangerous and they are willing to kill without regard, you know, with their vehicles. Yep. Wouldn't it be cheaper since we're already headed this way? I mean, do these people have to pay for those interlock things on their cars? And, and I mean, do they have to pay back? The county or the city or however that works yes. for all the stuff they incur yes. with drinking. Yes, yes, they do. Okay. Yes, they have to pay for install of interlocks. Yes, for those when it, whenever that's part of the sentence, they're they're they have to pay for that. Yes. So let's get these people fast tracked on the first self driving vehicles. Yeah. So that we're safer <laughs> out there on the road. Make them pay for it. Make them be the guinea pigs. Uh, you know, then we're all safer. Because they're not going to listen. They've obviously proven that uh, punishment is no big deal. Yeah. At seven times, give me a break. Yeah. So instead of paying for something you breathe into that the neighbor kid could breathe into probably for them, yes. let's get them uh, paying for rent on a self-driving vehicle so that we're all safer all right. in the end. Yeah. 
I, I think rent on a self-driving vehicle seems like a, a good a good solution. I again, you know, you can't you can't unless you're locking them up, you cannot completely control their activities. And so, I don't know if that would be something that needs to be part of that conversation. Is that no matter what you dictate, no matter what the sentence is, you can't man, you can mandate they do it, but you can't ensure that they do it without playing babysitter or locking them up. 608-785-7914, if you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. Governor-elect Tony Evers on the path towards, well, he's already created a council to look at this, a committee to look at this. It's like 30-some people. At, uh, means, methods, and ways to clear out the prisons in the state of Wisconsin. Prisons are, there's a lot of people in them. He wants, he wants to cut prison population by half. Peggy Mattingly, 73 years old, seven-time OWI. Should she be one of those who doesn't get a prison sentence? Who else? 608-785-7914. More to come. Stick around. La Crosse Talk PM on WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for driving along here this afternoon and this evening uh, with us. Uh, join us on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line at 608-785-7914. We've got some comments coming in. We'll get to those in just a minute. Let's talk to Mary. Mary, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on. I think that when you become a public nuisance, and that is a public nuisance, you need to be treated as such. Right. She's an adult. Mm-hmm. She knows she's done wrong. Mm-hmm. And we hear this with repeated pe- amount of people where they drink and drive and, and hurt other people. Obviously, she has a problem. So she's become our problem. I think the license should be revoked, and I think the car should be removed. I don't think someone like that should be allowed to own a car. Well, yeah, we don't know or if she owns a car, one. frankly. You, I don't know if that's her car Uber, she was driving. You have buses, you have cabs. And they might have family that can take them places. But that woman should not be driving. I, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. Uh, the, the question is, does she go to prison? Is this a person that should be in prison? Um, I think she should be in a treatment center. Treatment center. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, and I think that, that that's, would probably help her more. Yeah. And I think that's probably going to be part of the conversation as well. It's interesting because, and I, I, I'm, you know, obviously framing this as a larger discussion, but, uh, Governor like Tony Evers in Wisconsin has put together this council of 30 people that are going to look at all the criminal justice things that are going on in the state of Wisconsin as an effort to try to deal with the enormous populations that are growing in the state's prisons. So there's, I don't know, 20, what is it, 23,000 people locked up in the state of Wisconsin in, um, in various levels of, of prisons. And he's looking at that saying it's too many. That's too many. Should be half that. And that, that was part of his, that was part of what they what he had talked about on the campaign trail. And so this new criminal justice council is going to help address those issues. So when you're doing that, you got to take a look. you got to you know figure out categories of people. Who, do, who gets locked up? Who doesn't get, get locked up? Does Peggy, 73-year-old in Toma, who was arrested uh, sometime this week. I don't know what day this was. What day was this even? Whatever. So Peggy, who got arrested in Toma sometime this week, driving, uh, driving drunk and driving with a beer in the car which is not a felony, as far as I know. Um, she, I think, under current sentencing guidelines, probably spends time in the pokey. But do we look at cases like that? Peggy, 73-year-old Peggy, who got busted in Toma this week for drunk driving, her seventh OWI, she hasn't had one six since OWI number six. So is that the kind of case where we look at it? Yeah, she's deadly. She's dangerous. This is her seventh OWI. But we're not sending her to prison. Who are the people we keep out of prisons? That would be my question. 608-785-7914-785-7914. Again, also on Facebook. We are, I think, on Facebook Live right now, as a matter of fact. I'm assuming that's, is that operational? Yes, all right. 
Rick gives me the head nod. Yes, we are operational on Facebook Live right now. So again, the question is: Is are these are these the types of offenses where you look at and say um, maybe don't maybe don't wind up behind bars in the state prison system? Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Tony's on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Hey, Mitch. Couple points for you here. I think the only th- the only way we get people to stop stop drunk driving is uh, public shaming. Um, that's the one thing that uh, seems to affect people these days. I think people person gets a OWI, you make them drive around with a blaze orange license plate on their vehicle for a year. Um, they get caught driving without that, they put another year on it. Um, yeah. The next thing, as far as prisons go, I don't know why we don't privatize prisons. Um, Make it make it a for profit for somebody else to deal with them. Um, I guarantee you they'll do it cheaper, um, and it'll take the burden off of our state. Oh, huh, okay. That, that that has been done. Um, I don't know if it's uh, it, it, it has in the, it, it has in the past. Yep, yeah, yep. And there was some problems with it. Sure. Um, but they do it for a third of the price, um, and and they're making money on it. It takes the infrastructure off of our hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and and obviously the cost of, of keeping people off of our hands. Okay. All right. Well, that's a, uh, an argument for privatizing prisons, as uh, well as a, a pretty uh, decent argument for public shaming of those who uh, drive drunk repeatedly. We'll get to more of those uh, ideas coming up from you if you'd like to share them. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Again, a larger discussion, not necessarily about seventy three year old Peggy Mattingly, who's just been busted in Tomer for her seventh OWI. The first one since 2002. It's not necessarily about that. It's about, from a larger perspective, a larger picture, what is it? When we're looking at prison reform, because that's what Tony Evers, clearly that he's going to focus on that right away. Because the first thing he's done as a, putting together a group of people to advise him, to help him, to move, him, move, move his new administration forward, doesn't take office for another several weeks. The first thing he's done is put together a council on prison reform, essentially. Criminal justice reform. What do we do? 608-785-794, the Better Hearing Center. Talk and text line. More of your calls coming up. News just around the corner. Stick around. More to come. Welcome back. Lacrosse Talk BM on WYZM. News Talk 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. If you'd like to join us here on the air, use the Better Hearing Center. Talk and text line. 608-785-794. 785-7914. Whoa. Uh, we're also on Facebook Live and Twitter, and you can send me an email. Mitch at wisdomnews.com. All right, let's, uh, we're talking about, well, prison reform. I, I used a specific example of a 73-year-old woman who got stopped for drunk driving this week in Toma. Seventh OWI. I mean, penalties are pretty harsh for a seventh OWI. It's definitely a felony. It's the first one in 16 years. So in the conversations that governor like Tony Evers is now having, and will continue to have, apparently, right away when he becomes governor, about prison reform in the state of Wisconsin, where does a woman like this fit into that? Where does someone like this fit into that conversation? Is she bound for prison? Is this someone who should be in prison in the state of Wisconsin? When we look at having 23,000 inmates in the state, should this type of person be one of them? Who should not be in prison? Maybe the better question. 608-785-7914. Steve is on. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on. Hi. Uh, you know, I was just listening to the uh, 73-year-old woman yep. that uh, was uh, going to prison. Uh, well, hadn't gone to prison yet. Her trial probably hadn't come on. But let's face the facts. Was anyone injured by her drunken driving? Reasonable question. Oh, was there was there anybody injured this time? No. No. 
So if there's no damaged party, why would the state feel it uh, necessary to throw an old woman into prison for drunken driving okay. if there's no injured party? Please, by all means, explain that one to me. Yeah, I, and I mean that that's the conversation that maybe should be had around all sentencing related to drunk driving. So your question is, it's not the potential for um, death and mayhem, it's what they've actually done that should determine whether they actually wind up in prison. Well, if there's a damage, a criminal, a criminal offense would mean that there's a damaged party. Yeah, somebody has to be hurt, correct? Uh, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. If you're going by statute, no uh, possession okay, of like the, possession uh, letter of letter of the law is hurt. The letter of the law can bring a cause of action against the person because the letter of the law is, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, damaged and uh, you can't make remedy against it. Please. Let's be reasonable. Okay. The old gal hurt no one. All right. She hurt no one, and and a lot of drunk drivers don't hurt anybody. True. But they they actually actually happen to make it home without smacking into somebody else's car. Now I can see if someone uh, cracks into someone's car, someone damages uh, someone else's property. Of course. You know they're liable, and the reason being is because you know if you have a damaged party. And, and property is damaged, of course. Okay, so what you is know? the standard? What is the standard for for when you have a drunk driver putting them in? And again, in part of the broader discussion of uh, prison reform, if we're going to have that discussion, what is the standard for locking somebody up in a prison uh, for a felony, or should it be even be a felony for drunk driving? What is the standard that they have to injure somebody, or they have to damage property? Yep. Okay. They'd have to damage somebody's property, or they'd have to injure somebody. Okay. Or, uh, otherwise, there's no damaged party, and there's nobody hurt. Okay, all right. I mean, if there's nobody hurt, uh, 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 where's the crime? All right, and I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. And I think a lot of what we what we look at, uh, Steve, uh, in relation to drunk driving laws is the potential for mayhem rather than what's actually occurred. So if somebody, you know, again, that uh, what's the standard? I think that's fourth now is a felony. Um, depending on when the last one happened or who's in the car or something. Anyway, uh, and then uh, I, and I, and I think it's the fourth, definitely, with someone under 16 or someone under 12. There's a number of different variations of these laws. I don't have them all in front of me. But whatever that the felony drunk driving kicks in, frequently it's not based on the damage at all. It's not based, based, on, uh, based on who gets injured or who gets killed. It's just based on the potential of that happening. Now, certainly, you know, tox, intoxicated use of vehicle... Uh, Homicide through intoxicated use of vehicle is certainly a much harsher sentence than and then something else. All right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. But Steve says in this case, in these particular cases, drunk driving, and this might be the conversation when we talk about prison reform. In these particular cases, in relation to drunk driving, we should set the standard as, "Hey, anybody get hurt?" And if not the case, then we consider the sentencing that way. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. Ron is next. Ron, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah, I want to talk just real quick about prison reform. I think prison reform should start with the district attorneys because they're the ones who are trying to get elected as the judge. So they bend over backwards, doing everything they can to get somebody prosecuted. So that's that's where it needs to start. Okay. And lacrosse is a good example. They got a guy that's been in jail for seven months. For attempted murder when the girl died of drug overdose. Okay. 
So, I mean, the district attorney is where we need to start. So, uh, district attorneys who are too aggressive is what you're saying, that uh, we need to look at how they are pursuing cases. Yeah, because every judge in in La Crosse, for example, was a district attorney or a lawyer. A lawyer, yeah. They got elected. Yeah, you have to be, you have to have uh, legal background to be a, a judge. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there's no question that uh, s- some have worked in the district attorney's office. Some have been, and I appreciate the calls. Thanks so much, uh, public defenders, uh, former family court commissioner Gloria Doyle is a judge. They come from diverse backgrounds. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Bob says uh, talking about Governor Elect Evers trying to reduce prison population. Judge Ramona Gonzalez again today demonstrated that she's doing her part. Released yet another drug dealer back into our community. No wonder the police are frustrated. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. And I think Joe is next. Nope, rotten Paul. We'll go to Paul next. Paul, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Hey, Mitch. Yep. The the guy who was on before Ron with. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with him. Um, so he thinks that the threshold should be personal property damage or damage to others as far as what's a crime and what's not a crime? I think less about crime and more about sentencing. So if you don't, if uh, um, although he probably would make an argument for it shouldn't be a crime if there's no if there's no damage. Yeah, I, I guess that if, I, if I'm well, looking into his argument, yes, probably. So let's say I'll just pick a name. Eric Elmore, let's say he okay. is back out on the street sometime in January, and he's got his gun, and he shoots up somewhere down by 7th and State or something like that. All right. But he doesn't hit anybody, and he doesn't kill anybody. Is that a no harm, no foul? Uh, I would, well, I would, th- I would think that's a <laughs> slightly different situation because there is an, um, but I, 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 I'd have to work that one through. Um, if it, if it's all going to be based on no harm, no foul, yeah, is like good grief. So right, but you but but if you Peggy, look at it this Peggy way, if you're well, driver, well, hold on, if you're going to let her drive drunk until she hurts somebody's property or hurts somebody's all right. Being, so wait, wait, hold on. So let me let me wait. Let me unpack this for a minute. So you have basically you have what if what if you have this this woman uh, Peggy. A seventy-three-year-old who is she drives home. Um, she she nobody sees her driving in the parking lot with this beer. Whenever day this was that she got arrested, and she makes it home. Nobody nobody saw a thing. And in your example, you've got Eric Elmore shooting up a neighborhood, which not only creates a disorder, but um, also uh, uh, it, it creates a, a strain and stress on the neighborhood and uh, may cause uh, some anxiety. I mean, there is a harm there. I don't know if it's quantifiable, but there definitely is damage that's been done to a community through someone randomly shooting. So they're not they're not entirely the same thing. No, they're not entirely the same thing. But even if I didn't draw a good con- or parallel with Eric Elmore thing, that's pretty good. Going back with Peggy, do do we just <laughs> let her drive drunk until right. she actually does something? Whether it's in a parking lot or a drive-through or what have you, right? No, or... and because it doesn't make that doesn't make sense, right? We can't do that as a community because we know that that eventually happens. Eventually, she kills somebody, so we can't do that. That's yeah, okay. and that that's what his point was. Yeah, and that's why I'm having a heck of a time trying to wrap my mind around it because <laughs> if you give her enough chances, she will do it. And is like, did she just slip up this time and? The past eight years, ten years, or however long it's been since her last one, she's 16. been able to keep a really good low profile and 
this time she just made the mistake of going through a drive through or whatever the heck it was, and somebody saw her. Right. And yep. <laughs> there's got to be consequences to drinking okay. and driving, right. okay. whether you want to face that or not. And, and I know there, and, and the consequences, I don't think that, you know, we call the, in part, when we have the part of the larger prison reform conversation, I don't think we call the consequences into, to, question i think it's more about the the level of consequences do you does that person then go to prison or do we do something else with them and then what is that other thing and then because you have to do something there's got to be consequences as you've stated well if you don't want a prison put them in prison my my suggestion would be cut their arms and legs off so they can't drive it would make it tough no question about it appreciate the call 608-785-7914 is the better hearing center talk and text line on lacrosse talk pm 608-785-7914 i'm mitch reynolds and we'll go back to the phones. We've got Joe. Joe, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Hey, I don't think that the I don't think the answer is cut their arms and legs off. I mean, we see a whole different shift coming with driving. So I think what your original question is is who should be let out? How should prison? Uh, how should the prison population be reformed? I think we're going to see an end to the '90s era crimes uh, that involve imprisonment. Okay. And we're going to see more of a shift towards the new societal uh, norms. Okay, so like less about less about drug possession and things like that, or drug even minor drug dealing. You think we'll see less less sentencing in, in relation, or uh, less uh, less severe sentencing in relation to those things? You know, you, you almost see the shift around here too. I, I don't know what that guy was talking about earlier with the. Uh, the overzealous prosecutors in this area. I think it's been the other way around. But you, okay. you almost you almost see the society is shifting away from, um, like you say, possession and petty crime, and they're more towards you know imprisonment for drastic societal crime, sure. less about yep. possession and okay. drugs and and put you in prison for things like that. And really, you know, we could eliminate all of the people in jail for the OMBI stuff because there's no uh, driving isn't the way that it used to be anymore, and it's going to really change here in the in the next couple of years. So, Agreed. all that stuff with imprisonment and jail that does that's unnecessary. And you start to see all this shift uh, with society of who they think should be imprisoned and mm-hmm. what crimes are imprisonable versus who's in there now. So we just live in a time where that we see the shift. So I guess it is something worth worth working out, but I can definitely see it's going to change as far as who's imprisonable and what crimes are are not. Yeah. No, I, what I, can we do other than putting them in prison? Yeah, so our perception of what is dangerous basically as a society has shifted and so who we put in prison for people who well, endanger society has shifted. The archaicness I mean, the archaicness. We see, like, a problem, you know, with someone who's a seventh offense. The archaicness of locking them in a cell doesn't really compute anymore okay. with the knowledge that we've gained over the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense to spend the money on putting them in a cell versus let's do other things. All right. Yeah. And as far as drug dealing, that's all changed, too, with right. the with the Internet and other things like that. It's no longer... This guy's selling crack on the corner, destroying our neighborhood, you know, and he's been caught however many times, so let's imprison him. It's it's the idea of 
who's destroying the neighborhood has changed and what they should be in prison for. Gotcha. All right. Well, Joe, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Uh, that's an interesting uh, take on that and, and uh, how, again, the evaluation process, how we view societal crimes, um, will have maybe that, that itself will shift. Uh, and, and again, it, this is an interesting case. This is, again, this woman in, that was caught for uh, drunk driving in Toma this week. Peggy Mattingly is her name, 73 years old, blew a .12, had a beer in the car. And uh, it's been 16 years since her sixth OWI, so this is number seven. Uh, and, you know, could go to prison, should she? And if we look at prison reform, is this the type of person who should be in prison? Who should not be in prison? 608-785-7914. Darren's on. Darren, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah, um, as societies change, obviously our criminal justice system also changes. Um, we uh, we tried uh, to to go from um, you know a system where severe punishment would be imposed for very low offense crimes, and that that really didn't didn't work um, because again, um, if our criminal justice system acted like any good parent, um, then it would realize that. Severity isn't the thing that really deters people from doing it. It's swift and, and certain punishment. If you knew for a fact that um, you would be caught and you knew for a fact that that punishment would be uh, certain, then that would more than likely deter you. But, um, you know, what we found is that they gave swift and certain. Uh, there's nothing swift about our criminal justice system and there's nothing certain about it. So they tried to impose severity as a means to deter people from doing things. Right. That obviously didn't didn't work. Mm-hmm. I think what we need to do is be creative in our sentencing for people who um, are not are not a danger to our our society. They may be doing things that we don't like, okay. and they may be doing things that make us mad. But that in itself shouldn't be the thing that um, you know places them in prison. I think we should put in prison those people that we um, we are afraid of and we need to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, there's much more creative ways um, uh, to work with people who are doing uh, offenses that um, are nonviolent and non-threatening. So, so let's um, go back. To, let's go back then to our example. Uh, this is an example mm-hmm. then, and this is you know maybe not the most it's it's not the best example perhaps, right. but but when we look at this particular case or cases that are similar to this, where where it's drunk driving, it is the seventh OWI. Uh, there should we be afraid? Because we know that drunk drivers often uh, uh, injure others, often kill others. Should we not be afraid of someone like this? Yeah, I think I think we we do need to look at her her past history. Uh, you said it was sixteen years from the right the last since the time. sixth one. Yeah, so something something probably tripped over there. Maybe in between that time, she um, did drive while drunk and she just wasn't caught. So this person has shown a history. So what we need to do is obviously uh, track her, maybe take away her driving privileges, uh, uh, you know, rehab, um, those types of things. Um, but for her now to spend, um, you know, an undeclosed period of time in prison or in jail that um, is going to cost the taxpayers uh, an exorbitant amount of money, I think that there's just better ways to, to handle it than uh, jail sentencing um, for that particular person. And like I said, probably... Some type of um, uh, programming, some type of uh, punishment, taking away her uh, license, revoking that. Um, mm-hmm. As 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 you know, uh, you're, you're advocating, just, Darren. You're advocating looking at these cases as individual cases here, and not <laughs> evaluating well, them individually. You know, uh, again, I, th- I think that we do have um, that 
we, we talk to judges who, you know, it's, it can be very easy for judges who have mandatory sentencing. Um, it takes it out of their hands, and, I, and of course, that, that makes it easy for everyone. Right. It really doesn't uh, get to the heart of the matter that we have privatized and politicized our criminal justice system to the point where um, it's politically um, expedient to, you know, be tough on crime and lock up lots of people. Right. Um, but, but that does not necessarily make us safer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and because of that, um, we, we keep you know, going down that, that rabbit hole every time we have an election coming up. Uh, who's the person that's going to you know, go after those criminals and, and lock those people up? Yep. Uh, we can continue to build prisons, and we will continue to fill, fill them up. And, of course, people that privatize uh, you know, those jails, they have no problem with uh, putting people in, in jails because that makes them profit. Um, it doesn't make us any safer. Okay. So uh, All right. we, we need to find more creative ways. Yes, we need to get people off the streets that are, that are really a threat to the safety and security of the people. Um, but people who um, we can do some uh, other sentencing that is, is uh, not so cost-prohibitive, um, so it's in everyone's interest. Okay. Uh, and, and Darren, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. 608-785-7914. We'll talk to Bob next. Bob, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yes, sir. Hey, a great, insightful uh, conversation, and you have a lot of very informed listeners tonight. Not yeah. that you don't every night, but uh, anyway. Um, a lot of facets to the diamond. You know, a lot of issues are black and, and white. This one is really, uh, you know, for one thing, I, I think, though, your last caller touched on a nerve. Um and, and, and we were saying how it's politically motivated. And that's, a, that's I think, that's kind of the elephant in the room that, that needs to be addressed is, is the discrepancy, or the differential between uh, people that, get, for example, if you got a lot of money mm-hmm. or if you have a state job and you commit a crime uh, nine times out of ten. I mean, it, it, we see a huge, well, for an example, not far from here, somebody, a government worker, well, and I can name a million examples, but I was, was a state employee was stealing parking ticket funds, and I think she got six months probation, and it was like about, mm. the total was about $70,000 worth of parking. Not only she betrayed the public trust, but yeah. that's, that's numerous separate counts of theft. Right. And, I, and I'm seeing a, a pattern, a very, and most people, a lot of people are seeing it, and, and they're like, wow, like some guy down the street, and we're seeing, I'm seeing this with, with Mueller, too. You talk about overzealous prosecutors. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I, what's, what, I mean, to say he's overzealous and it's politically and financially motivated, and the, it seems like there's no accountability, and all I'm seeing is that, it's that old thing called equal protection under the law, and I'm seeing less and less of that. And that, I think, is a real bubble that's waiting to burst. I think that people are seeing the unfairness of, the, of this system, and the inconsistency of and look at the illegal aliens. We had twenty million estimated here. Well, think about that for a second. Who's harboring? Who, who's allowing those? Right. And why are they doing it? Right. That's an excellent question. Um, I think it goes a, a little bit far afield from our question about Wisconsin prison reform, but certainly the, the question about the system and faith in the system is certainly as pertinent. On the Better Hearing Center talk and text line, uh, texting in a listener asks, "Why do you keep saying that she's seventy three? What difference does her age matter? She can kill someone at seventy three, just like a twenty three year old." I would agree with that. I think it uh, when you talk about somebody who's 73 and uh, has been collecting OWI since uh, 1989, it does give you some context within which to uh, look at this particular person. Uh, how do we even know about Peggy's prior OWI? Says one, asks one listener, I was under the impression that your record was wiped clean after seven years. Well, you were under the wrong impression. That does not actually happen. Um, 
But that would be really convenient if it did. Wow. Imagine how nifty that would be. If it's like, uh, well, I'm good now. Back to dearling heroin. That should work out pretty well. 608-785-7914. More to come. Stick around right here on Lacrosse Talk PM. Hey, welcome. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening, and you can do so on the air by just using the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line, 608-785-7914, Also on Facebook Live, on Twitter, you can send me an email, Mitch at WisdomNews.com. But again, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line is 608-785-7914. Great to be here. Glad you're here with me. We were talking about uh, last hour about uh, uh, the prison reform movement in the state of Wisconsin that uh, Governor-elect Tony Evers hopes to uh, spark, really. And he's already put a council together. He's got 30 different people on this council. He's ready to go. He's ready to, to, it's not necessarily prison reform, more like criminal justice reform. More like figuring out the entire criminal justice process and, and figuring out how to get to his stated campaign goal of decreasing the prison population by half. And I gave you a specific example of a woman who was arrested in Toma this week for her seventh OWI. It's been 16 years since her sixth one. And the question that I posed, and I'd like an answer to, is first of all, does she belong in prison? And somebody said her age doesn't matter, but I'll tell you, she's 73. Does she belong in prison? Seventh OWI. What that says to me is you don't care. You don't. You don't really care. You don't care that much. If you did, you just you know you do you do things differently. Seventh OWI tells me you don't care about anyone. I mean, society yourself. You don't care. So does she belong in prison? But in general, from a holistic standpoint, who doesn't belong in the prison system? If we got twenty three thousand inmates in the Wisconsin prison system, Tony Evers wants to kick out half of them. Who is that? Who do we not want there? Somebody brought up today a sentencing of a, a small-time drug dealer who, um, you know, he's, he got sentenced to three years probation, I think, or something along those lines. Should, would, it, would it be better for that guy to be in prison? How much of danger is um, a guy selling a little dope on the side? How much danger is that guy to the community? Right, he's, he's on probation. Chances are he's going to get picked up again. I, I, I'm, you know, I know that this stuff's still, like, it's, it's highly unlikely that he doesn't wind up getting arrested again. Let's answer that question. 608-785-7914. This would be really helpful for Tony Evers when he's making his decisions about who to uh, send to jail and who not to send to jail. We'll have the answers for him. We'll be able to say, Tony, we've got it. We've got it. We've got it. It's As it turns out, it's not the 73-year-old woman who just got her 77th OWI, her 77th OWI. Now, that would be a lot of drunk driving tickets. It's not her because he'll need some input, right? And we can provide that. All right, well, it looks like we um, back to a little more fog tonight. It was kind of a weird, gloomy, foggy, murky day, wasn't it? With sneaky ice. You know, when you're walking around, you're suddenly you're on the sidewalk, and you think, wow, that's a little slippery. More slippery than I thought it was going to be. Sneaky ice is what I like to call it. But uh, anyway, uh, 35 for a high tomorrow looks like uh, mid-30s, mid-to-high-30s through Sunday after that with lots of sunshine. So yeah, melt the ice, make it slush. Totally reasonable. 608-785-794, Lacrosse Talk PM and Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. More to come. Stick around. Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, that's the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Lacrosse Talk PM on Wisdom. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com or Mitch at WisdomNews.com. Uh, Facebook Live. Did I, did I say Facebook Live? Did I mention that out loud? 
That can be entertaining. Super entertaining. Wait, Rick just shook his head at me. No, we're not on Facebook Live. Oh, no, I was just dancing. That's all. I wasn't snapping because I was. I wanted something. I Because I, typically, that's what I do. I snap at Rick when I want something. I'm like, hey, hey, give me this. But I was really just dancing. Uh, grooving, man. Marvin Gaye playing. Right? Come on, here we go. Oh, wow. No, 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 no. I'm talking about. We're talking about prison reform a little bit. Only because um, Governor-elect Tony Evers, still waiting to figure out uh, how many little bits of authority he gets stripped from him and the bills that were approved by the legislature in that extraordinary lame duck session last week. But uh, undeterred, he is moving ahead and has a criminal justice reform council that he's put together, 30 people that he's going to rely on to uh, guide him forward in his goals to to significantly, dramatically shrink the prison population in the state of Wisconsin. And really, I know this isn't, like it's it's not exactly apples and oranges, but it's there are some the way that you so Minnesota has roughly half the people in prison that Wisconsin has, and Minnesota and Wisconsin are comparable states in a lot of different ways, socioeconomics, population, a lot of different stuff, size, that kind of thing. Uh, now in Minnesota, a lot of people there's a lot of uh, there a lot more of those who have been sentenced who are not in prison but serving some sort of probation sentence. Uh, so the state keeps tabs on them. But is, would that be a better way to go? And this, it, I when I looked at the story about uh, Peggy Mattingly, again, a woman who was stopped in Toma this week for a 7th OWI, 16 years since her last one, it made me wonder, is, is this the type of person who we won't see behind bars in the state of Wisconsin? Is this the type of person who we um, who we find a different way to deal with rather than lock up in a prison. Your thoughts on that? 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. Number three joins us. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. That's good. I don't think an average person could judge a drunken driver until one kills one of their loved ones. Okay. Uh, If a drunken driver killed one of my loved ones, I'd want him locked up and the key thrown away. Okay. But if you don't have those problems, it don't mean not that much to you. Okay. That's my general idea on it. All right, wait a minute. About- All right, so wait. So if they're not, if they haven't done, somebody actually called with a similar idea earlier, I think. You're saying that if they don't cause that injury or if they don't kill someone, then they really haven't done any harm. Well, what I'm saying is it would be hard for you and I maybe don't judge somebody a drunken driver, like somebody that's lost a loved one, they're going to have a whole different uh, looking at it, Mitch. If you lost True. somebody that in your family, you probably want that person punished more than if you just heard about it. You yeah. follow me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's the way you judge that. And another thing is, you and I said, you got to be a real bad dude to go to jail nowadays, right? It seems that way, yeah. Right. So, I mean, we see all these people getting probation, and you and I say, well, is that all he got was probation? So my thing on it is people that are in jail right now must be very bad dudes. They should stay in jail. Okay. Not get out. Because if we start letting these bad dudes out, then these other guys running around are going to say, well, they're not going to do anything to me anyway because they're letting other guys out. Mm. 
Okay. All right. You see what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. So are you under yeah. the impression that what, I guess what I, what I'm hearing from you is that you think that everybody that's in prison right now, those 23,000 people are dangerous criminals? Evidently they are. They wouldn't be in there because there's a lot of people that should go in that don't. Well, I yeah, I mean, re- remember that there's people in prison that have been there for a number of years, and so what we're looking right. at now in terms of getting people, diverting people from prison isn't something that was happening 10 years ago. No. Okay. We're getting too soft in the system. Too soft. Right. I okay. mean, we, we look at these guys getting probation for guns and everything else and shooting up towns, and they get probation. Okay. Got to be good for six months, and they're not, and then they go back to the court, okay. and they know they aren't going to go in. So you would, I, I think what I'm hearing you say is that there's really this whole, this whole idea about reforming criminal justice is it, it's going in the wrong direction. Instead of getting people direction. out of prison, there's you get so more people in prison. to help people to, not to do this, and they don't, they don't even pay attention to it mm-hmm. anymore. Okay. Yeah. You can send a guy to all the drunken driving schools you want, mm-hmm. but if he's going to drink and drive, we can't, do, we can't stop him, can we? No, we can't. No, that's, there's no question uh, about that. No, I, I, and I, as I've said, it's... You know, that's it, my two cents worth, but yeah. somebody else is going to call up and say that number three is way off. Yeah, maybe, but usually not. Um, what I, as I said before, you can't, the thing with drunk driving, I mean, for a lot of things, this is true, but as much as we like to believe that we can keep people from, drunk, from driving drunk, and what do we, how do we do that? We take away their license. We revoke their, I don't know, we, we confiscate their car. Do we confiscate cars? I don't even know if we do that. But um, in, install the interlock breath device. It doesn't matter how, what we do, they can still drive drunk. That still happens. So there's not, there's not really anything that we can accomplish to make them not drive drunk until we get to the point where you cannot operate a car as a human being. And then you're not driving anymore. Then it's the car driving. If, if every car that a, that a human operated had uh, technology that, that uh, um, uh, read your eyeballs to see if you were drunk and to see if the, if the driver was drunk. I have this thing in my car where I, uh, it's, got a, uh, it's got a microphone and I can talk to my car and tell it to do things. It's kind of weird. I don't use it because it, it kind of weirds me out a little bit. But it only will do things because the microphone is so directional that it only picks up the voice of the person in the driver's seat, right? So if you, if someone in the passenger seat says, hey, lower the temperature, the car will ignore that person. So, And that's pretty basic technology. That's just microphone directional stuff, right? That's not like the, the technology that checks your eyes to see if you're asleep, like a lot of different cars have now that, that give you a warning, right, if you're sleeping. Why isn't that? Why isn't that something that's easily adopted? Yes, Rick. Is there a uh, car? Take the wheel. Like, like panic. <laughs> what What I uh, I like to do is uh, um, when I first was trying it out, I um, what was the name of the car? Kit, right? Yeah, Kit. Night Rider. Yep. Yep. So I before you said a little button you press on the steering wheel, and you say so I would say Kit, and then press the steering wheel button, and then yeah. give it directions. Lower the volume. Well, there's a kind of cool with with phones and and doing that with your phone. You can, yep. there's also uh, you have to name it or give it a keyword so it starts to recognize. Right. What, so you, I wonder if your my car car's not like, quite that fancy. You have to still push the button, button on the steering wheel, just, you know, bypassing the button. I would. You'd have to do some fa- little little more interesting wiring. So you're saying there's also not a car take the wheel? No, no, so I, don't, not. I don't have a car take the wheel car. No. Which would be, you know, that's a little bit, yeah, a little more fancy than what I have. But it is kind of interesting that I can talk to it and it does things for me. I mean, the shock, why, why isn't the shock collar thing? 
like a it's and obviously not a shot collar, but like you put a br- the ankle bracelet on the person that's on yeah. house arrest, right. and as soon as they leave their yard, I, I mean, how many people who are you know get convicted of drunk driving are on house arrest? So you're saying that they need to be on your house all arrest, of and them. all of them, all the ones that we decide wherever the parameters are, that's what we decide, and sure. then you're on house arrest, and you, if you got if you got to go to work, well, then you get to. Go to work, but you got to be back by whatever. Yeah, you know? the geo, geo, do we do that already? geo fencing and things that we have the ability to do now, we can easily track the position of anybody anywhere at any time. So there's no real excuse for not having a good sense of where somebody is at any given time. Yeah, and if they break the rule, then you yeah. put the shock one on, and every time they leave the yard, their ankle gets it, shocked. I, it should be something internal that they can't take out. So you have to like you bury it in their skull somewhere, and then mm-hmm. and then it shocks them. It shocks Let's brain. go to uh, Pete. Pete, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Well, uh, you know, just listening to that conversation, it's, it seems to me that a lot of people assume, and when I say assume, I'm, I'm, I mean in the literal sense, that somebody who drives uh, when they're uh, over, what is 0.8, is going to be a, a detriment to, this, uh, you know, to society, which is totally, uh, it, it makes absolutely no sense. If, if a person goes out and they get pounded, and they run into somebody's car, or they damage somebody's property, or they run somebody over. I can understand, because now you have a damaged party and you have a person who has been injured. But if nothing happens, where's the crime? You tell me. Okay, so that's the type of person who should not be in jail. Well, think about it. I mean, there's plenty of people in Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, that drive drunk all the time and are still driving drunk, and haven't hurt a single soul, and then there are people who run over the first stop sign they come to. So who's the criminal? I mean, think about it. If you're not going to hurt anybody, and you're not going to damage anybody's property, you're not going to, you know, I heard this one fellow, Paul, on there saying, well, we assume if this and if that. If. If is a, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if the person is guilty of a crime, by all means, let's go ahead and uh, take him into court and call him to account. Okay. But if he's not guilty of a crime, if there's no damage party, if nobody is injured, yeah. where is the crime? Okay, I got you, Pete. Thanks so much for the call. 608 785 7914. I'm Mitch Reynolds. This is Lacrosse Talk PM. More calls coming up. Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. 608 785 7914 785 7914. Again, we're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com. If you're on Facebook Live, you've seen me dance twice already this afternoon. Let's go back to the phones on the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line. I think he, Anna, is that right, Anna? Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just have a response for Pete who called in before. Okay. Um, I just feel like the analogy is like saying, okay, I drive past that house every day and shoot a bullet, and it never kills anyone. So I'm just, I mean, that's okay. You know, if you're doing something illegal, mm-hmm. it just takes one time for something to happen. And, you know, I, I, would, <laughs> I would challenge him to look into the eyes of, of someone who's lost a loved one to drunk driving and say that same thing. When you've been affected by it, you definitely see it differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that, that, that type of thinking is a, a problem in America. That's, it's, that's, 
That's all I have to say. I, I, I stayed sane while I said it, so I'm proud of myself, and that's all well, I have to say. Congratulations, and I'm glad you called in. Thank you, sir. All right, nice, nice job. Take some bravery there. Uh, 608-785-7914, if you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. She was, holding, she was, she was keeping it together, you could, you could tell. Uh, yeah, I think that, that when we have started having these discussions, and again, we were, we're talking about prison reform and this goal of, of criminal, mm, prison reform, criminal justice reform by the incoming governor, Tony Evers. He's put together this council of 30 people, and they're going to work on this, these, these, whole, these bigger concepts of prison reform. Or, sorry, saying it again, criminal justice reform. And what the state has to do to get to the point where there's not as many people in prison. I mean, and a stated goal early on was half. So half of the 23,000 people who are in prison right now. Wisconsin locks up a lot of people. A lot of people. Percentage-wise, one of the tops in the nation. So, in light of that, when we start talking about that, and Anna was referring to something that Pete had called in earlier and talking about drunk driving. When we talk about drunk drivers, and I gave an example of the woman who was picked up in Toma this week for a 7th OWI, 16 years after a 6th OWI, she should go to prison, right? Or should she? When we start, when we start to look at sentencing reform, and criminal justice reform, and all the things that go along with that, do we take that type of person and say, well, you actually don't go to prison. We're going to do something else with you. What is that something else? That's the other question. Interestingly, on Tony Evers' Criminal Justice Council, this group that he's put together, he's got sheriffs, he's got lawyers, he's got former Supreme Court justices. He even has the dude that represented Stephen Avery. He's got all these people. He's got, uh, uh, this what I say, disc attorneys. Yeah, he's got a lot of people on that, on that Criminal Justice Council. Even though... La Crosse County is seen as a pioneer for its drug courts and its OWI courts. Nobody from La Crosse County is on that criminal justice council. So I was a little surprised because frequently La Crosse County is held up as an example of diversion um, diversion programs. So that was a little surprising that that was not something that he did. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, I mean, we'll see how that separate separate thoughts here. We'll see how the criminal justice reform works out. But it is... You have to have those conversations. And Anna was talking about this. If you, and what, this is what she said. She said, if you know, again, if you if you drive by a house and shoot at a house every day and you don't hurt anybody, is there no harm done? Because it just takes that one time. And so, so drunk driving, we're we're punishing people for potential. We're punishing people for the potential of hurting somebody, not necessarily hurting somebody. That's actually a different charge. So we're punishing people for the potential of hurting somebody, but we know statistically they're probably going to hurt somebody. But again, if it's the, the example that we used earlier of Peggy Mattingly, 73 years old, driving through a parking lot, got a beer in the car, blew a .12, is the potential of that woman injuring somebody or damaging enough property enough to put her in prison? Or do we have to wait until that drunk driver actually kills somebody? So that conversation, and then all the others about drunk drug dealers. Like, how significant of a drug dealer do you have to be before we really start thinking about hard prison, prison time? A uh, listener says, Evers is going to be a governor, not the judiciary. He should understand that quickly, reform the justice system, not a 50% prison release. Actually, the argument that uh, Scott Walker made, I'm just the governor. You know, you want to, I'm not going to change sentencing. I'm not going to take people out of prison. You want to change the laws in relation to sentencing, go talk to the legislature. I'm just the governor. Uh, this listener says, let's see, where are we at? If you... If you look at the sharp and sustained decline in murder rates in the early 90s after drug laws were strengthened, it's clear there was a connection between taking druggies off the streets and reducing murder rates. 
My calculations show that lives saved nationwide, but that drug law effort equates the population of Dane County. Man, I, I don't know what kind of social science you're doing there, but um, our criminal justice. John says our criminal justice system needs to be more punitive up front. This coming from an ex-con. Listener says we need to work on re- rehabilitating, rehabilitating people nine times out of ten. When a person gets incarcerated, they go right to the same environment as to when they left. Yeah. Rehabilitation is going to be key. If you are if you are intent on criminal justice reform, you cannot seriously engage in that effort without a conversation about rehabilitation. Uh, this is from a Wisconsin cor- former Wisconsin corrections worker. I'm glad somebody wants to tackle criminal justice reform. This is a very complex and costly subject. People want to lock up too many people until they realize the cost to them. Sure, every factor should be taken into account in sentencing. That does not mean age is primary factor, but it counts. So, does 7th OWI, but uh, given the last one was 16 years ago, that is a factor too. In general, we probably could begin by parking, um, by, I don't know what that is. We probably could begin by something sentences, I don't know. There's evidence that the deterrent or helpful time in prison has a diminishing return, yet some people need to go to prison, but do they need five years or one year, which would help everyone the most? Yeah, I mean, the, the conversation about the sentencing time, rehabilitation, what is happening? Getting people from going back to the same environment from whence they come, making them understand or trying to get them to understand why that's important. Having the value things that are that are not are criminal, you know, or, or you know, whatever that is. How getting somebody to, you know, is there, you know, this is another conversation. Actually, is there a biological? Is there biological interference that we can? This is kind of creepy too. But can you turn off when it comes to drunk drivers? When it comes to anybody that's that is in, addicted to some sort of substance and has gone into a life of criminality because of it? Is there a way? To turn off that, uh, um, turn off that addiction gene. That may be a little bit too far afield. Is that John Perlich? Is that okay? Let's go to him first. Former judge John Perlich. Thanks for being on. Thank- what, what can I do for you, sir? Good evening, Mitch. Good evening. Um, d- d- two points. The one you made about nobody from La Crosse County who has been a leader in 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 some of these fields. Uh, being on that committee is is correct, but it doesn't have to be from La Crosse County. There are a lot of really good trial judges, very experienced trial judges, um, who deal with addiction every day mm-hmm. and have training in this field. And I didn't see any of their names on any of those mm-hmm. uh, the, that committee. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, well, you got, okay, you got some retired uh, Supreme Court justices and all that other sort of stuff. That's fine, um, I guess. But for well, that's, that's window are, dressing. Isn't that you know, window dressing for this whole thing? If you have a couple of Supreme Court, former Supreme Court justices on it, then you can just point to those guys and say, hey, look what we got. That's a, like a situated yeah, well, ethos. Yeah, it, 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 it pads the uh, credentials, but it doesn't necessarily pad the experience or the knowledge. Right. And, um, so that was the first point you made was very good. You should have carried a little bit farther. <laughs> um, the, the second point I made uh, would like to make is maybe the question isn't what do you do with the seventh offense? Um, what did we do wrong at the first, second, or even the third offense mm. that would have prevented the seventh offense? You know, let's let's go back and remember that the first offense isn't even a crime in Wisconsin. Right. It's the only state, as, as I recall, um, uh, in the United States that that makes first offense just a uh, parking ticket kind of offense. Right. Um, 
you know, so what could we have done at the first, second, or third? And and the things that we're doing in La Crosse County, I admit it, uh, I'm partial. Um, we're working on that to make sure that there isn't a, a third or a fourth or a fifth offense. Um, so the, the final thing I would say is that when you're talking about how do you assess a, uh, a risk that a person uh, has to the community, there are a number of tools and there are a number of scientifically proven tools that work in some areas. And the last I heard, and I could be wrong, because um, I've been out of it for a while, one of the unfortunate facts of life is that there is there was not really a good, accurate assessment tool on drunk drivers. And... Um, you know, there's there's good ones on murderers, there's good ones on robbers, there's good ones on cocaine dealers. We can assess the risk that they have to the community scientifically, um, but we don't have one, at least that, that I know of, uh, for drunk drivers. Okay. And, you know, uh, okay. maybe we need more research in that field to, to say, okay, this one's a good risk, this one's a bad risk. Judge, tell me, when we look at this, this whole challenge of comprehensive criminal justice reform, just how big of a nut is this to crack? Well, if you could crack it, you would be wealthy beyond your wildest expectations. <laughs> Does that answer your question? <laughs> okay. Is, it, is, there a significant, is there a significant need in the state of Wisconsin? Let me ask you that. I think Wisconsin has done quite well and is, is far in advance. Could we do more? Sure we could. Um, but but when you talk about preaching to the community, uh, the taxpayers saying we want to spend more money rehabbing criminals, um, that's a tough sell. All right, I got you, Judge John Perlich. Appreciate you calling in. Thanks so much. Take care. All right, you too. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four Lacrosse retired uh, Judge uh, John Perlich. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Uh, this is Wisdom uh, Lacrosse Talk PM, and I'm trying to I'm stalling because I got to look through my list here. What do I got? Uh, Rodney, let's go to Rodney for uh, uh, Rodney. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Uh, good evening, Mitch. Um, I guess I like to make a couple points. Number one, I think they really need to get s- stiffer on uh, drunk driving. I mean, even after your first one, I'm not saying you should go to jail for years on your first one, but you know, Mitch. You know, I remember not too long ago, and I re- seen it on News Eight. That we're the tenth drunkest city in America. How can that happen? Uh, tra- tradition. To, I mean, that's why we need to get tougher. I mean, I got to share the streets with these people. You got to share the streets with these people, right? I mean, being the tenth drunkest city in America, there's a lot of drunks out there on a Friday or a Saturday night or any night of the week. There are. Yes, there are. Yeah, yeah, there are. So it, I guess with that in mind, then it becomes more of a priority in a state like Wisconsin, where there there are actually lacrosse is just basically on the list of all the rest of the states uh, cities in Wisconsin that are on that list. But uh, and there are quite a few. Uh, so in Wisconsin, this becomes more of a peculiar problem and something that needs probably more addressing when you talk about the broader criminal justice reform. You have to really think that there are actually a lot, maybe a lot more drunk drivers that that need to be locked up or, or need to be dealt with in some kind of way. Well, Mitch, you know, I knew a guy, I would say, I'm not going to say the guy's name on radio, okay. All right. but I don't know how he, he was, he drove a truck, 
And he had to have one of those. He had, he had to take your breathalyzer before yep. his car would start. Yep. Or his truck would yep. start. Yep. Well, anyway, what this guy did until they changed it, I don't know how long. This was some years ago. This guy would get in his truck and go to the and go to the bars, and he wouldn't matter. He would just leave his truck running. He didn't have to worry about it. That's pretty smart, actually. Yeah, that's that's that's. Oh, a, I mean, it is pretty far, but I mean, but people. People do things like that. Now yeah. he's going to get back in yeah. his truck. And again, that's the, and he's going to be loaded. Yep. And again, that's the, and I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Again, that is uh, a prime example of as as I said, we, it is impossible. <laughs> it isn't. First of all, there's too many cars, too many easy access to cars for us to be able to believe that we can we can seriously keep drunk drivers, people who have been convicted of drunk driving offenses, from driving again. We can't do that. That is impossible to do unless we remove them from the possibility of actually being in a car. Rick? We're the 10th drunkest or top 10 drunkest city in America, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're the drunk driviest, right? Right. Maybe we're, yeah, we, we walk. And then we, other, we have other problems, right? Didn't we just get we Lyft in Uber? Problems. No, didn't we just get Lyft in Uber like a year ago? Yeah, not too long ago, yeah. So maybe we're like lagging behind in our ability to transport so drunk people. Yeah, honestly, I believe, and I know this this may not be true, but I believe that the same people who take Uber and Lyft are the same people who weren't going to drive any that who weren't going to drive anyway. So I would be willing to bet that the drunk drivers have not diminished at all because the responsible people taking Uber and Lyft were the same people who were responsible enough to take some other way home originally. So I'm not I'm not willing to say that Uber and Lyft is the uh, the panacea for drunk driving at this point. Do we have too many? Too many bars or not enough bars? Like, there's not a bar close <laughs> enough to my house. I you have to drive to a bar. You don't live close enough to a bar. That's the problem with living where you live. That is the really the, maybe one of the many problems, or you know, depending on your perspective, one of the few problems. This is wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Across Talk PM on WYZM. Thanks so much for riding along here this afternoon and this evening. Appreciate all of your input. Appreciate uh, retired Judge John Perlich calling in to give us his two cents as well on criminal justice reform. That's always extremely helpful. Uh, my heartfelt apologies to State Senator Jennifer Schilling. Uh, not able to get her in uh, again for an interview this afternoon and this evening, but there there is still time, and we'll try again. Thanks and my love to Anna for Rick Solom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. We'll talk tomorrow right here on Wisdom.